Hey there, I know it's been a while and I truly appreciate all the messages from you guys asking where the final episode for this season is. To be honest, I've been through a very weird time and it's been hard to post a new episode. But I'm glad to be back to all the nerdies from wherever you're listening from. Thank you, thank you so, so much for sticking around. Hello, I'm Zeliha. Welcome to Nerd Gang NG, a weekly podcast that explores stories in books, culture, art, and from the perspectives of various creatives. Welcome to another exciting journey into the world of books. Our theme for this season has been books centered around crime. And we have been through a few books with our read for the week, Light Seekers by Femi Kayade, being the last on these seasons. Let's get nerdy. Nigeria in 2012 October, a video was posted online of the lynching of four alleged thieves in the queer community of River State. It was a very gruesome video and it got the whole of Nigeria and the entire world talking. This was tagged the Alu for owing to the fact that the crime was committed in the Alu community of the Ikwere area of River State. Four young men, Gunna Obuzo, Toku Lloyd, Chiadika Biringa, Kekena Elkana, all students of the University of Putakut, were lynched by an entire community for an alleged theft. Now, the video showed the boys being paraded around the area naked and beaten and tortured till almost dead and then thrown a tire necklace over their heads and set on fire. Like, can you imagine, set on fire? The weird thing about this was that the Nigerian police were there, some officers were there, and they did not stop the lynching, which the community said was caused because of the incidents of theft and cult activities happening around the area and the police not doing anything about it. However, this incident did not sit well with the public or the international community. Like when it came on the internet, there was like a very loud, um, um, what they call it? People didn't really like the incident. The story actually goes that, um, the actual story goes that um, one of the boys had a debt to collect from an evasive or named Bright and then he decided to leave the campus to go and ambush the debtor in his house around midnight when definitely the debtor will be home so that he can collect his money. In the narration now the boys the, the, the four of the boys went there with machetes to scare the debtor to collect their money one of the boys money however this met their gruesome death. 
now the debtor and the boys while they were talking about the debt and accusing him they got into a heated argument that led to shouts and screaming and all of that and one of the neighbors of the debtor that's one of the neighbors of mr bright then called this town stating that the boys were thieves and they were trying to steal laptops and phones now the rest is history later the students of the university of around the town went on a rampage of the town and then which led to a loss of plenty of property in the alu area in july of 2017 though a high court in river states um four years after sentenced to death three persons in connection with the murders a police sergeant one mr oji lucky um one mr david chinasa obada and ikechuku Luis amado amadi aka Capon. they were sentenced to death for active involvement in the murder of the four boys in 2013 the nollywood industry <laughs> you know our nollywood now they made a movie titled the four boys it was starring Zubi michael paul sambo and others and it was based on the real life events of the alu four now this movie like when they brought out the movie like it was met with a lot of mixed emotions now some people criticized it as too soon that the, the, the parents are still grieving about the matter and all of that and some people said they were on the the side of nollywood saying like the true stories of the boys had to be told because a lot of stories have gone around about how the boys were cult members or that the boys were actually thieves and all of that but nollywood decided to um correct that idea or that notion while i agree that um nollywood or the movie industry is a way to document some of our history in in, in the way of film um also i still do believe that it was kind of soon because it was, it was immediately not up to a year after the incident happened and um the probably the parents of the four boys were still grieving over the matter and the fact that the matter was still in court but on you know um i don't know tell me what you think like tweet at us oh sorry i forgot it's not twitter nigeria but you can go to our instagram and leave a comment or send us a dm telling us exactly how you feel about this at NG. and if you're not within nigeria and you can use twitter you can tweet at us and um if we're outside of the country probably would see <laughs> your tweets um but you can send us an email at nedgangng at gmail.com that way we can um, discuss what you thought about the Nollywood um, bringing out such a movie at that time. Now, we also had um, the Bakasi boys of the 1998. Um, they too were accused of allegedly being involved in extrajudicial killings. Now, they were boys from Anambra um, in the eastern part of Nigeria. Um, they were like a vigilante group and they helped curb crimes around um the area and at one point they were being um encouraged or supported by the governor of that time that was oji uzo kalu at that time but um th th there have been speculations that most of the opponents of the um what do you call it of the sitting governors and all of that of the ruling party 
um, spread rumors about these boys doing carrying out extrajudicial killings. However, there was a very peculiar case about this cultist um, man that was beheaded by the Bakasi boys for his involvement in the killing, kidnappings of um, of young people for ritual purposes. Anyways, moving on. Um, jungle justice in Nigeria has um, generally been a long practice. Even though there's there are like no official records of the statistics of how much it is. Now it's generally a lack of respect of the rule of law as many Nigerians believe that the justice system does not actually do justice and that this jungle justice is the best practice. But all in all it's inhumane no matter what. Now there, there's an array of crimes that come under this umbrella for which jungle justice can be meted out some of them include like theft kidnapping rape homosexuality and even witchcraft now according to a study it is believed that 43 percent of nigerians have witnessed a lynching now i for one have not seen one but um i've seen the aftermath like where i'll see tire mats and burnt ash like burnt ashes from the crime it's really sad and really appalling because many times all that is needed for one to be lynched is for somebody to just get give a loud cry of accusation like calling you a thief or saying ole 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 and that's the end like literally that's the end anybody could actually just begin to scream and you just see a group of people they've already come around they started to beat the person with planks sticks stones nails and then the worst is the necklacing, like where they put the tire over the person's head and then the person is burnt. Like there's no, there's no where, where they say, okay, let's hear both sides. Let's hear both parties. It's just, there's no real law. Like if you, if you know the law, there's, there's something called, um, Aldi Alteran Patem, which means both sides must be heard. That's like the basis of the justice system in Nigeria, at least in every part of the world. Like both parties must be heard and i know this can be a very slow process but like it helps not to um not to criminalize a person who is innocent something like or sent to prison a person who isn't didn't even do anything so that's like one of the worst aspects of this um jungle justice and anybody can be lynched like literally anybody like in 2016 a person was lynched um on the accusations of homosexuality in washington state and and it's, it's just weird like just for being um accused of something like that not necessarily even caught in the act just being accused of being someone else just says you are this person and because of how the um society is about issues like that then you can just be lynched and the worst part was um that even children are not left out in 2015 a, a young boy i actually saw this video i didn't watch the video of the alu fall because i was too i don't know i just couldn't get myself to look at it but in 2015 i saw the video of this young boy who was seven and he was burned to death like there were people there and the person that was taping it now while there there's like mixed feelings about people video videoing crimes um in a situation like that this person may not have been there when it all started or maybe because this person needed evidence of this crime actually happening to 
so that the world will know about it that's why now the allegations for this seven-year-old boy was that he stole gary all the things let us let us, let us put into perspective the fact that in, in in cases of theft where where the thief thief is stealing something like food it's very possible that this person has no means of getting food for themselves i don't think the best when i mean food i don't mean like carrying an entire an entire warehouse of grass grains or whatever but just a bit of food this is where we know that society has failed a lot of people are really really rotten in poverty and you expect that some people will not become these will not not that i'm justifying this crime but i think in situations where the person steals something that's really really small compared to like carrying an entire shop of food and all of that i think the person should be looked on with mercy there should be punishment but not the kind that leaves the person dead or severely wounded if you can understand what i mean because and then help should be given to this person but well, this is just my own my own opinion and then later on this seven-year-old boy was now um accused of witchcraft like okay no it wasn't the carry history was witchcraft like as if that is even more justifiable how is can this be proved now oftentimes they're not the perpetrators they go scot-free and security officials are generally unable to pinpoint suspects like it's a menace and it's eating up the humanity of our society now our society has already lost its way due to unfavorable economic conditions high level of poverty and illiteracy as well as an anger against the system like against the bad governance and bad everything like there's a brewing anarchy and this needs to be stopped now in 2017 like a new anti-leaching law passed its second reading in the senate making it unlawful to lynch and you um, an offender could be charged with a minimum of 25 years in prison or life in prison and for security officials who aid and abet or who do not do anything to stop lynching they pay a fine of 1400 us dollars now i do not think this bill passed because we still see that that there, there's no law there no, uh, there's no real legislation i tried to check for the legislation on the matter but um i couldn't find any but if you if you know of any um do um send us a message on our instagram on our socials or you could even leave a comment on anchor.fm or on our website concerning this matter now even look at the issue of the one million boys that were terrorizing people during the lockdown although this is far 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 from um what these lynchings are about but like it tells you the level of this of how security officials um security is taken very lightly and why um communities start to take justice into their hands like one million boys rampage some communities cut off people's arms were stealing people's things during the lockdown when there was no food and people were really just managing themselves and okay let's also look at the badu boys in Ikoro. do you know all these things like there's just a lot there's also the kidnappings the killings don't you think this is like some kind of we're going on a downward spiral and if the community the the the, the country turns anarchy or the people turn into their own security agents it, it, it becomes a real real problem when the, the the state has lost a hand like its reins on the security of its people 
Now, the author of our book for this week, Femi Kayode, stated that um, the story of the Alu Four affected him psychologically and haunted him. And this was an outlook for him. Lightseekers is based off of the story of the Alu Boys. John Paul, he witnessed the lynching of three boys, Winston, Bonar, and Kevin. Now, this um, particular open, was the opening of our novel, and Femi Kayode, our author, uses very graphic descriptions to describe how the lynching takes place. Now, he, the voice, the third person voice was following John Paul and how he records the lynching. Now the book has other four parts of them and it uses first person voice to describe the events. So we also see Dr. Taiwo, an investigative psychologist, psychologist who theorizes about the reason for crime. And definitely this character is is believed to be based on Femi Kayode himself, who is actually a graduate of psychology from the University of Ibadan and also he works in psychology or something. Um, Dr. Taiwo is then approached, the character in Anubo, by Kevin's father. Kevin is one of the boys who were lynched in this Okiriki community in Anubo. And this father tells him that he wants Dr. Taiwo to investigate. At first, Dr. Taiwo doesn't want to do it because he's not sure how he was going to go about it or if he was equipped enough to do it. But he does it anyway. Now, he does it because um, eventually his boss, Abaka Tukur, and his father convince him to take the job. Now, there's also a particular theme that this um, book brings into light, and it's aspect of fraternities and cultism, and its impact and deep dive in the Nigerian society. Now, Kevin's father, that's one of the boys that were lynched, his father, um, Dr. Taiwo's boss, Abaka Tukur, and Dr. Taiwo's father all belonged to the same confraternity while in school. And it, it, it spoke of the bonds formed as members of the pirate confraternity. Now, if you are not aware, the pirate confraternity is a confraternity that was formed in the 50s or early 60s um, by Professor Wale Shoinka and and the and the seven i think that's what they're called the seven um and according to professor william shenka it was created to transcend ethnic bigotry and encourage brotherhood although many people have pointed um fingers accusing fingers to professor william shenka and the magnificent seven yeah that's what they were called magnificent magnificent seven um for the evolution of violence that begets like for the evolution of violence in cultism of today that plagues Nigerian universities up till date. Now, cultism in Nigerian university is like really crazy. It's no longer like a fraternity. It's more of a group of people coming together, um, exploring powers, 
yeah there's brotherhood or sisterhood or whatever but then there's also the the, the violent aspect where um some of these cults um bully other students and even lecturers and get away with stuff doing illegal activities within the campuses and even outside campuses now um however femi kayade like in his argument differs in the argument of people saying that oh professor walensha in ghana and Christian seven brought about this cult activities now he made us his argument was that it's a generational gap thing that led to the loss of the major like the major reasons or ideals for which the confraternity the fraternities were established at that time now um I, I saw a video one time of an Akuta panel where Oyoshenka was standing trial, was standing trial as a witness, and one of the um, lawyers um, was asking questions concerning the, the pirate confraternity, fraternity, and about the names that were given to them while they were in school. There were there was Blood Machine, there was um deviled like the names were very terrible and horrible names well according to um professor these nicknames were made to to be the opposite of who they were of who they were like the, the, the nicknames were just a way to how do i say to cover a part of their personality that wasn't that wasn't really actual to them and he also spoke about the fact that he was the spiritual head of the fraternity at that time and stuff like that. Well, it's a whole lot. And if you think you, you want to know more about the whole issue of the Professor Walayashenka and the Pyrrhic of Fraternity, there is an array of um, research and stuff online that you can look at. <laughs> Moving on back to our book, uh, Femi Kayade names the town Novo Okiriki. I think it's maybe named after the town of Krika, also in River State. Now it showed how much how endearing that story was for Femi Kayode. Now the novel is very graphic and probably gives you a second to think and analyze. It's it's a good story all in all and tells a crime as it is. Although there are no insights from Dr. Tyro being an investigative psychologist. I even assumed that um the, our author of Emigaiode would like tell us like how, why, the reasons, you know, give us an insight into the psychological aspects. I would have really, really much appreciated and enjoyed it because I actually like reading or watching or listening to those kinds of explanations about why people behave the way they do. Uh, you know, I thought it would be more like he would give us a little bit of insight, like all those, you know, all those psychological thrillers other psychological crime thrillers where there's a genius who's like a psychology who tells us why this crime is committed or how it's committed and all of that but um all in all it doesn't like take away from the book it's still a really good um book um it's enjoyable and it provokes for listening to this episode of Ned Gang NG and I hope you enjoyed it. You can follow Ned Gang NG on all our social media platforms on Instagram and on Twitter at Ned Gang NG. You can also leave us a message and subscribe to our mailing list on our website at www.com.
www.facebook.com/netgang.ng. Don't rem- don't forget to like share this podcast with your friends, your family. You know, listen, listen to it, enjoy, get educated, and you know, buy the books. Yeah, if you can, and if you're a reader like me, make sure you buy authentic books. You can buy them in hard copy, and if um, you're more of an ebook person, buy those. Do not buy pirated copies, and do not download illegally. Like really. <laughs> Anyways, that's all for now. With love from Lagos. Nigeria.